Hello, this is Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman of Columbia University, and this is Shrink Speak. Today will be the first of a four-part series of podcasts that I want to do on a question that uh, many, if not most people, uh, should be facing in the course of their lifetime, and that is, how do you know if you have a mental disorder or when you need to see a shrink? Now, the term shrink already belies the fact that while psychiatrists that are the people that have been nicknamed with this dubious moniker uh, are the physicians that attend to uh, disorders of the brain that reflect themselves in disturbances of mental function and behavior, uh, our physicians, they uh, have uh, kind of a dubious reputation. And um, the term shrink, I think, exemplifies that very aptly. And what that reflects really is the fact that mental illness historically and the health professions that minister to it uh, have been highly stigmatized you know, throughout human history and even up till current times. Um, stigma is basically prejudice. And the reason why prejudice is associated with mental disorders is similar to the prejudice that's associated with other diseases historically, whether it was leprosy, whether it was tuberculosis, whether it was uh, cancer, whether it was HIV. It had to do with a lack of understanding and knowledge about the condition, um, as well as a uh, skepticism about what medicine could do to treat it. And we've seen historically over time the stigma, the prejudice, the fear associated with these other illnesses, beginning with leprosy and then more recently HIV or AIDS, um, that this stigma dissipates and is eliminated as science elucidates the nature of these conditions and develops treatments for them. So case in point, AIDS came about in the late 1970s. Uh, It was a mysterious plague that people died from. It occurred in disadvantaged groups, intravenous drug users, homosexuals. But there was a huge emphasis on research that led to, within five years, the cause, the human immunodeficiency virus being discovered. And then three years later, the first treatment for it developed, AZT. And to exemplify that, Rock Hudson declared that he had AIDS in 1984, five years after the epidemic first broke, and he was dead within a year. Magic Johnson came out publicly and said he had AIDS in 1992, and he's alive and well today, just purchased or became the president of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Why? Because treatments were developed that turned AIDS from a lethal plague into a chronic illness that can be managed just like hypertension or diabetes. So why do we have stigma associated with mental illness and the healthcare providers, psychiatrists that treat it? Um, the reason is, is because people have vestigial attitudes that mental illness is not anything that's really an illness, or they also have skepticism and suspicion about what psychiatrists can do to alleviate it. Now, the reasons for this persistence of this stigma and lack of understanding is because it took science longer to understand the basis of mental disorders in the brain 
than it did for other disciplines to try and figure that out with respect to heart disease, respiratory diseases, kidney diseases, etc. And that's because the brain was just so much more complicated than any other organ. The second thing is that while the process of trying to elucidate the basis for mental illness and to define it more accurately was ongoing, there was a lot of bad stuff that occurred, false theories and uh, bogus treatments. So Freudian psychoanalytic theory was a major influence on psychiatry worldwide, particularly in America. But in addition to being this really uh, seminal breakthrough in understanding the mind, it was misapplied in the case of mental illness in the sense that even though it helped people understand human behavior in general, when you began to formulate what was the cause of schizophrenia, the analytic theory proposed that it was due to a so-called schizophrenogenic mother and that autism was caused by a refrigerator mother and that homosexuality was an illness, a mental illness. So these things, when they were finally revealed as being completely false, uh, engendered a appropriately strong reaction from the public and the rest of the medical community that uh, psychiatry had totally gone off the deep end and had misled everybody. Not to mention the fact that there were other things that were happening that were quite problematic and disreputable. Uh, probably the most extreme example of that were the psychosurgical procedures of um, prefrontal leucotomies, and particularly the American adaptation of those by Walter Freeman, a, a neurologist that developed what was uh, termed the ice pick lobotomy, and he performed this on up to 2,500 people in the course of his career before finally this treatment was outlawed. There's a checkered history that goes through really into the 1950s uh, that did not stand uh, psychiatry in very good stead as a scientific discipline of medicine. And uh, as a result of that, the field was for a period discredited, and uh, it really was in the scientific backwater of, of medicine. But then things dramatically changed. There was the development of psychotropic drugs, um, the antipsychotic medications, antidepressants, mood stabilizers, anxiolytics, there was the introduction of neuroimaging, which could image the brain non-invasively and uh, correlate aspects of it with individual symptoms. There was the advent of genetics, particularly molecular genetics, which explained why uh, mental illness of certain forms tended to run in families. And there was the whole field of neuroscience, which burgeoned and created a focus on the brain, and psychiatry was one of the beneficiaries of so this changed everything, but it didn't come until really late in the game, meaning in the latter part of the 1960s, 70s, and through the end of the 20th century. But the fact of the matter is, is that psychiatry now has a solid scientific foundation. Uh, it has treatments and a body of knowledge that's accurate and works and makes all the difference in the world for some people. And the other thing that's become, I think, uh, uh, much more of a reason why the need to uh, elevate <clears throat> awareness about mental illness in the public's mind and uh, encourage and provide them access to treatment is that we've become much more aware of the frequency in the population of these conditions. So 
if mental disorder is broadly defined, just like we have heart disease, we have kidney disease, we have pulmonary disease, we have gastrointestinal diseases, uh, if we talk about the brain, you know, the brain has three specialties which are, uh, are really uh, addressing it, uh, neurosurgery, neurology, and psychiatry. And psychiatry is addressing the real estate in the brain that pertains to the higher-order mental functions that are uniquely human. They're not representative in other mammalian forms of life. The parts of the brain that mediate or control thought, perception, um, emotion, and when these are disrupted in some way, they produce symptoms that manifest themselves as anxiety, depression, uh, psychoses, uh, 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 obsessive uh, ideation and ritualization, memory problems, social interactional problems. And these are the symptoms which really are associated with the specific disorders that have now been defined from autism to Alzheimer's, from addiction to anxiety, from uh, depression to, to schizophrenia. And what we've learned is that um, these are not rare diseases. They're not things that happen to someone else out there. They're things that are happening all among us. And by that, I mean, if you just look at the population frequency, the statistic of what number of people are affected by a conservatively defined mental disorder, not the worried well, that have problems in daily living, which we all do, but individuals that will develop symptoms of a diagnosable mental disorder, turns out it's conservatively speaking one in five in their lifetime. So that's 20% of the world's population. So this is something that affects a large portion of people. And if we're not owning up to it, recognizing it, seeking treatment, then we are in trouble because that means that people are getting affected and harmed by it and we're losing their contribution to society, we're inflicting suffering on them and their families, and we're also potentially contributing to the burden of taking care of such individuals when they develop you know, medical conditions that need treatment. So it behooves us as a society to understand this, and it also behooves us as individuals to understand this because it can alleviate the problems that many of us have or are going to have in the course of our lifetime as well as our family members. So one in five, at least 20%, uh, occurring at different stages of life, some early onset like autism, ADHD, some later onset, meaning adolescence, adulthood, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, some later onset, depression, dementia. But um, these are things that are frequent in the population. Now, here's the big thing. If you buy what I'm saying, which is that the discipline of psychiatry and medicine had a real challenge in trying to understand what caused mental illnesses and how they could treat it because of the brain's complexity, but after over a century and a half of trying through scientific research, finally had, has been successful. And then since the 1960s until now, things have really moved along very rapidly in terms of increased knowledge and treatment to the point that although we don't necessarily have cures for everything and we don't know the precise causes of everything, for the majority of these disorders, we have very effective treatments, medication, talk therapies, rehabilitation and cognitive remedial therapy, and some what are called brain stimulation therapies, 
uh, including electroconvulsive therapy, uh, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation therapy, uh, and uh, techniques that stimulate the brain directly. Um, and these work, and they're safe. It requires competent healthcare professionals to administer in them, but nobody should necessarily think they have to go without treatment because nothing exists. It's not like ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. It's not like Alzheimer's disease, which right now there's no treatment for. Um, it's not like certain really virulent forms of cancer, pancreatic cancer, ovarian cancer. But the sad thing is, is that even though one-fifth of the world's population has one of these different conditions, less than half of those receive treatment. And why do they receive treatment? It's not because it doesn't exist. It's because they either lack awareness, they're deterred by the stigma, or they have no means of getting access. There's no providers in their area, or there's no coverage through insurance or through Medicaid Medicare that's adequate to enable them to be seen. And this makes no sense. So what I leave you with is the fact that uh, mental disorders are real conditions. That includes addictions, which often occur as complications of mental disorders when people begin to self-medicate and then get secondarily addicted to something. There is treatment. You, however, have to exert more effort sometimes to go out and find it than you might in order to just find a GP or to have a, a, a broken bone uh, set by an orthopedist or to see a dermatologist for some kind of skin lesion. But that shouldn't deter you. And in the forthcoming segments of this uh, series of podcasts, I will tell you how to know, how to recognize when you might need to see somebody professionally, how to find them, what to expect from treatment, and then uh, also um, how to be sensitive in identifying it in your loved ones or family members uh, and uh, uh, help them to get the treatment that they need. So it's there for you. Uh, it's just something that our society has not yet figured out a way to provide as readily as other forms of health care. Uh, but that's something that hopefully will be rectified through policy or legislation in the future. So thank you for listening. This is Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman, and this is Shrink Speak. Thank you.